Hi, this is Jeremy Raddick. I was Gareth in the Doctor TV movie, and you're listening to Gallifrey Public Radio. Gallifrey Public Radio, a weekly podcast dedicated to positive enjoyment of Doctor Who. We travel through classic and new episodes, explore the extended universe, and play a few games from time to time. We do discuss news, content that has been officially released, and the occasional interesting rumor, but we'll warn you before anything considered spoilers comes up. Welcome to episode 466 of Gallifrey Public Radio, where we are never, ever going to talk smack about our recording laptops ever again. I'm Julie. I'm Kier. I'm Haley. And I'm Jay. This week, the Sarah Jane Adventures closes its first season with a story that loops in the preceding plot lines and throws a solid twist at the viewers to make sure that they were paying attention. <laughs> it all starts with a problem concerning Luke, namely a couple that claims he's their missing son yet he can't remember a thing about them. The evidence is tough to dispute, as even Mr. Smith confirms that the two boys are virtual DNA match. Being veteran alien sleuths and conspiracy theorists by now, no one trusts this claim. With the exception of Sarah Jane, who's willing to concede that her relationship with Luke was too good to be true, and that the Bane, from back in the first story, was probably responsible for wiping his memory. Let's also flash back to the second story, because it's actually this Levine in disguise as these parents, and they're after Luke for his ability to power a telekinesis weapon that they plan to sell. Because, you know, Levine. But the real kicker is that our beloved Mr. Smith is actually more than just a supercomputer. He's an alien AI programmed by the Zylox species, and firmly believes that his purpose is to unearth the other Zylox allegedly buried beneath the planet's crust. Allegedly. 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 I am Jaybanoth. What have you done to me, Sarah Jane? I feel... I feel strange. It's a computer virus, Mr. Smith. It's closing down your data banks. You're losing your memory. The speed of light is 36... No, 84. The Metrobelan Cosmic Cluster is home to 68,000 life forms. 67. I'm forgetting it all. Sarah Jane, help me. Without your memories, you have no purpose, Mr. Smith. Without purpose, you can't destroy the Earth. Put the moon back into its original orbit before it's too late. And set Luke free now. I've forgotten my purpose. Your purpose is to save the Earth, Mr. Smith. That is your new purpose. To save the Earth. Save the Earth? Yes. I have a purpose. Thank you, Sarah Jane. The unit is non-functional. So again, a story for the tweens and teens gives us enough material to rival a Doctor Who main series adventure. What makes this one work, even with such ridiculous villains as the Slitheen involved? I, I think it kind of ties the whole series together in a way that I didn't expect from the finale of this season. Hmm, it's true. And and having the Slitheen there, I mean, the, 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 I don't know if they necessarily really telegraph the reveal. I know... 
um, well, I guess I should ask, uh, for, for those of you who are seeing this for the first time, was the first reach for the zipper a surprise when the parents... I didn't expect it to be the Slitheen. I From the moment they showed up, I expected them to not be his parents, but I didn't expect the Slitheen. Except okay. that they kind of gave it away by referring to them earlier in the episode, but I didn't figure mm. out how they fit in. That's true, yeah. But they did the, refer to a couple of different villains. It wasn't yeah. just them. It, it was a nice recap that they did, so they kind of like slid under the radar for a moment, but it, there was enough there that... By the time that she went to see uh, Nathan, I was like, oh, that's the that's the baby Slitheen that survived. OK, mm-hmm. I, I've got it now. But that aspect of it, I think, actually really worked to make the it, not to say the Slitheen aren't still ridiculous and mm-hmm. and just a, a really questionable choice anytime you're going to involve in the story. But they sort of work on two levels here because, yes, there is this vengeance story from uh, the baby Slitheen that wanted to come back and 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 do the damage necessary for uh, for what it honestly believes was a slaughter of of its parents, right? Mm-hmm. But there's also the fact that, that we come to find that Slitheen are these just they're these brokers. They're you know they're fences when they need to be, they're mm-hmm. shysters when they need to be. So they serve that purpose as well because they're wheeling and dealing to whoever the highest bidder is, and they don't really care. So they're that just, they're capitalistic scumbags. Yeah. So they're also like Jawas with a vengeance. <laughs> Gassy Jawas with a vengeance. You dial back the fart jokes and they work a lot better. That's true. This is true. It, yeah. 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 And there was a lot less. It was a, a, a noticeable change. If anything, there was like one passing comment about the smell in the van. And mm-hmm. that was about it. Yeah. Um, but as you reference here, there is a, a, an absolutely clear and concerted effort to, to sort of celebrate the, the way the season wraps up by tapping into so many elements of a lot of the preceding stories. So... It began with that conversation between Maria and uh, her dad, uh, Mr. Jackson, about she's trying to break it down. She's like, no, you don't understand. There was the Bane, and everybody was trying to drink the bubble shock stuff, and then there's the Slitheen get name-checked, and then there's even the reference to the Gorgon moment when he gets uh, you know, mm-hmm. um, petrified. So th- all of these things going in there. The In doing so, um, Haley, you noted that this sort of made it feel uh, more, I guess— well, celebratory, in a sense, um, about saying, "Hey, we actually made it through, <laughs> made it through this first season," and it's and it's and they are um, cognizant of where uh, hopefully the viewers have been venturing along with it. That's not something we see often done, even with Doctor Who proper. They don't usually say the journey so far kind of thing and work it into the script. Right? Why do you think that was done? I mean, they they had the the excellent plot hook of like hey, the dad's in on it now and needs to be filled in on everything that's happened up to this point. So it was, it didn't feel shoehorned in. It didn't feel like there was, uh, you know, like it was like, oh, we we have to recap everything just to cover the bases now. There was reason for it. There was a valid uh, valid reason to have that kind of sum up. And so it it felt like it was serving the story more than it was the viewer. I agree with that. And I also think that it is such a nice button that it almost seems like more shows that are episodic like this could benefit from something like that. Yeah. And I think we see it a little bit in Doctor Who when we get the reminder of who the doctors were, but not what that season might have been. Yeah. 
Yeah, it could be. You could take a nice tip from this, and and not only just just the referencing and the name checking, sort of the you know, were you paying attention? Have you been with us for this whole journey? But also finding ways to to genuinely incorporate it into the into the progression of that finale story, so that it 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 bears importance. You know, even I guess. I don't know. Would you feel like you had to watch all of those previous episodes? Like if somebody came late into the season and said, "Oh, you know, all my mates told me to to start watching the Sarah Jane thing." So as it was broadcasting, I sort of picked up around story three. I I think you could watch the first two stories and jump to this one and not have missed too much. Mm. I feel like you don't even need that because they they reference the the poignant things plenty of times. You know, it's like, "Oh, Luke was invented by the Bane. Like he was crafted by them." And oh, you, the the little Slithine's parents were killed by this party. But you know, it's like they they bring that up often enough that you can kind of skip those first two and still be okay. You're you're gonna want after you watch the story, you'll probably want to go back and watch it just to get the full story. But the points that you need for this one to function are all there. Mm. It's almost like that feeling when you finish a show, and then you go, oh, well. There's no more left. I guess I'll start at the beginning again. <laughs> this almost leads you directly to that, especially mm. if you're watching live time when it's happening. You you go back and you say, "Oh, right. Let me let me remember how that started." And then right. it you get sucked in and you just go back through it all again. Mm-hmm. So, which left turn in Phil Ford's script felt more rewarding? The reveal that Mr. Smith was the real big bad all along. Or that a certain tin hero was going to zap in from his side gig holding back a black hole. <laughs> I, the definitely the moment when she opened the door and said, you know, you you haven't met my dog, kind of thing. Like <laughs> it, it was one of those like stand up and cheer moments. So it was yeah. that was it was fantastic. I forgot why K9 was over there. Right. <laughs> like she opened the thing and I was like, Oh yeah, he's there. I don't remember why, but that's a cool move. I remember pointing at the screen multiple moments when she's inching closer, and I was like, "Oh, it's gonna! Oh, it's gonna happen!" And then she turns the <laughs> dial, I'm like, "Yes!" So I would definitely vote for that one. Although I did really appreciate the reveal because we, along with Sarah Jane, have come to trust Mister Smith, mm-hmm. and even at the beginning, she's like, "There's this is in you know conclusive evidence for." Mm-hmm. Luke matches this kid mm-hmm. and that those are his parents and I don't know how we missed it. That's hard for yeah. a computer to lie. Well, and we we were given no reason from the beginning not to trust Mr. Smith. Like he was introduced right. as just like this is Sarah Jane's computer. She's been working with him for who knows how long. And mm-hmm. so we we have trusted well, him implicitly. Well, there was the 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 seed of doubt that they threw in when uh when Maria's dad was asking her about uh, Mr. Smith and she's like, I don't know. She, she never really talks about it. Maybe it's alien. Maybe I don't, I don't know. Mm. She's never really. And it's so it, it kind of like that. It asked that question early on of like, well, where did it come from? So it, right. it kind of had your mind moving in that direction so that you were ready to accept it when it happened. Yeah. It was a fun little origin story for that. You know, the finding of the crystal. And then she mm-hmm. realizes that it's, you know, it's a sort of a, a technology of sorts. She starts building a computer around it. The computer gets bigger, 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 bigger. That's all a lot of fun. I wonder now I, I don't know how much of that through line had been determined uh, between Phil Ford and RTD because Ford had his, his hands on a lot of uh, of what came forward in this first season, whether they had worked out this arc to begin with so that you could have all those pieces in place. Um, but there was never, as you were saying, there's no hint 
uh, in previous stories mm-hmm. that there was something hinky about Mr. Smith. And, and I thought it surprised me when they did the origin story. They're like, oh, this was only 18 months ago that you yeah. that you built this thing. Wow, okay, this is pretty well established for 18 months. There's, there's a lot going on because <laughs> you've been mucking around with these kids for about you know four to six months at this point. So. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Sarah Jane really didn't do much before we met her at the beginning of this season. It was just, <laughs> she, had her she literally pen. was a journalist. And then she's right. like, oh, yeah, this is why I used to go or how I used to go adventuring. And that's where now all of this stuff starts to happen, which kind of makes sense as to why we're watching this part of her life. True. I don't know. but I mean, the lipstick got a heck of a lot of usage. She had a lot of daring do going on. Escape (laughs) sequences. Hey, lipstick beats dirt bike. So that's there you go. Yeah. I liked the lipstick uh, blow the smoke off of it moment. (laughs) (laughs) It's true. Towards the end, though, I was kind of like, oh, well, this is all very convenient that it's working out this way. Like uh, the fact that a human computer virus is compatible with this alien intelligence that just happens to you know, erase all of its memory without uh, the functionality. And, you know, Maria's dad just happens to have access to it. <laughs> just, uh, come on. Uh, it's uh, FBI. Yeah. And did you see that logo? Clearly right? it was going to be alien killer stuff. Hey, it worked in Independence Day. <laughs> right. Yeah, you got to give it a cold. <laughs> yeah. Worked in the Xanth novels, too. True. <laughs> I, I will say that was something that bothered me a little bit. Now, was maybe I'm just misremembering this, but... Was Mr. Smith like an actual Zylock, uh creature or was it just an AI? Because the crystal was is part of the Zylock. It is where mm-hmm. she started to research. Mm-hmm. In doing research, the computer analyzing all of the data that the crystal had got bigger. Mm. Then it be, it required the additional computing that was built into okay. Mr. Smith on the wall. Once he got to a point where he was strong enough, he then connected with the rest of the crystals under the surface, allegedly, Mm. which is what then caused his prime directive to be free the rest of the crystals by exploding what we have, which is Earth. I I had a moment there where I was like, just did Sarah Jane just erase a creature's memory because she needed a computer? Like, does that what happened here? Like, it, it kind of bothered me because I was I was looking at Mr. Smith as a life form at that point because I was all of the techno babble and wibbly wobbly just kind of like flew over my head because I was a little distracted, admittedly. But <laughs> it was I was like, wait, did, did she just like completely erase someone's brain? So that that's it's a little bit better with me then. She no right, murderer so- <laughs> in that specific sense. <laughs> <laughs> So by the the close of this story, we've we've got the team reunited. Luke has returned. Clyde's popped out of the Matrix. Mr. Smith is reset to factory specs, kind of, sort of. Uh, Maria's dad is on board with alien hijinks, and even her mom is slightly less horrible, very slightly. Mm-hmm. And so as the credits roll, we, I mean, this this isn't too bad for a season finale, right? This sets a huge standard. <laughs> mm-hmm. I mean, it's a really enjoyable story. Uh, it caps off a really, really solid first season, uh, something that is genuinely entertaining us as adults. And Jay, you can attest to, to what the boys thought mm-hmm. of it from seeing it more of the target demographic. Yeah. No, I mean, it was it was a hit all around. So, yeah, this is uh, – we, we have the hindsight of being able to say, oh, there's more and more seasons after this, so there's plenty to expect. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm I'm excited for what comes because – 
I mean, we we got a little bit more canine action. That was fantastic. I mean, yeah. Highlight of the episode right there. And his shots so, have gotten a lot better. His aim. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Perfect. Yeah. yeah I, I'd call it successful. And I think I like that it did its major callbacks, but I like that it was its own story and mm-hmm. gave us just like a lot of our episodes. And we've talked about this a lot, but it still gave us more information and it was a finale. And so we fall even more in love with Sarah Jane and we cheer them on as they take on pretty serious stuff for for what they're dealing with. I'm just more and more impressed at how well this season was structured Um, because every story we got is very episodic, you know, two-parters, but episodic within that. And then you get this story at the end that is also episodic and can stand alone on its own, but it ties the whole season together if you've watched it all, uh, which very few shows can successfully do that. Mm. You know, reward you for being a viewer that's been here the whole time, but also be approachable to anybody that comes in for any particular episode. I think a lot of the enjoyment from the structuring of how well this season was done may have come because we're watching this post-flux, but that's just me. (laughs) I don't know. You got roughly six hours of programming with the Flux. You got roughly five hours of programming here uh, across the 10 half-hour installments. Eh, You can do a lot in five hours. (laughs) You can do an awful lot. Yeah, next week, by the time we we come back, we'll have our new... Uh, new Doctor Who episode, and so hope, hopefully everybody's had a chance to to watch the trailer. Right. We, mm-hmm. We've all watched it, correct? Yes, 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 yes. Definitely. I, I am so excited. Po- poofy shirts, Dan and all. <laughs> it's a poofy shirt. <laughs> all I no, saw the- was deep sea Tardis get launched. Yep. That there, image, there are already fan theories about what the what the beast under the water was. So I'm, that's cool. I'm gonna have nightmares about that one. <laughs> I love seeing the the ship on the um, that felt very Matrix to me. The idea of them running on uh, uh, yeah, levitating yeah. Yes, yeah, on those the boosters. The, yep, mm-hmm. that's cool. So yeah, we will have the the full afterglow by the time we resume. You'll be able to 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 listen, and we'll, we'll break down our reactions. We'll ask all the questions that are obviously going to come up about what about the flux right. aftermath <laughs> and everything that goes along with that. And we will see if the story is even half as good as the costumes and the cinematography, which is gorgeous, already mm. looks. Um, yeah. Super, super psyched about this. But. And if the music sounds as good as it did in the trailer. Wow. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> well, this has been episode 466 of Gallifrey Public Radio. Until next week, this is Jay saying this was going to be my villain reveal, but it's not going to surprise anybody at all. So never mind. <laughs> <laughs> this is Kira saying, Chrissy Jackson, still a terrible, terrible person. Truth. This is Julie saying, you can take the skateboard from the boy, but you can't take the boy from the skateboard or something. Sure, that works. <laughs> <laughs> and this is Haley saying, wait till you meet my dog. <laughs> <laughs> we'll see you next week. I'll see. Cheers. Bye. Thanks for joining us for another episode of Gallifrey Public Radio. Want to keep the conversation going? You can find us on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube. Or just send us a good old-fashioned email to feedback at gallifreypublicradio.com. 
You can also give us a phone call at 754-225-5477. That's 754-CALL-GPR. And you may hear your voice on a future episode of the show. Everything's got to end sometime. Otherwise, nothing would ever get started. Join us next week for a brand new episode. Copyright 2022. See you next week.